and we're live. So welcome to Life on the Other Side of Should, a podcast coming to you remotely. Well, not actually remotely. We have somebody in the Sheehive today. So coming to you from the Sheehive Women's Collective in Ferndale, Michigan. I'm your host, Ursula Adams. And I'm your other host, Sonia Masik. And we're here to debunk the pretty, pretty bullshit that women are t- have been taught to believe about themselves. And explore how women can thrive when they live life according to their own rules. Own rules. I like the jazz hands. That's a special topic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're at the Sheehive, and that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I am. I, I even came in safely. Yes. <laughs> my mask on. I have my wife. But, yeah. There's still yeah. wives up there at the Sheehive, aren't there? Yeah, these are from my car. I've been yeah. leaving the wives here to make sure that anyone that happens to drop in has enough to, to wipe down with. And I'll be bringing in some extras too. Or cool. I can't find any right now. I'm down to one uh, thing at home. And, but I have, I have Lysol up the yin yang. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I brought an extra one because I know Jackie Z, Jackie Zimmerman came in to work a little bit because she lost her cable yeah. and stuff. So yeah, I wanted yeah. to make sure there's enough for everybody that happens to drop in. There's really been no one here other than the people in the suite next to us. <laughs> Got to make that marijuana. <laughs> she she did school uh, cool uh, get some uh, cool points score some cool points is what I was yeah. trying to say a sentence ago that she actually brought her motorcycle in the hallway. Nice, nice. And it was parked <laughs> out there because it's a really nice bike. And she was yeah. like, there was a, I was like, what's with the bike in the hallway? And she's like, there were a bunch of guys over the last like day that were taking pictures of it. Mm. And I was afraid somebody was going to steal it. Yeah, that makes and, sense. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, it's really nice and clean and everything. It wasn't yeah. like, gross or anything. But yeah, it was, I was just like, all right. Badass yeah. collective with women breaking in motorcycles. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking this morning, um, um, and it's related to the topic that I want to talk about. And I know you've got a topic you want to talk about. Um, and uh, so it's really my topic I want to talk about today is friendship. And um and I was thinking back to one of the first days that you worked out of the Sheehive. And I still remember so clearly you had on a, like a army green hat, I think it was, mm-hmm. and a, a, a cup that said, good morning, asshole. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, that was the most at home I had ever felt in my own space. <laughs> and... <laughs> Sorry, I'm not crying. I just I mean, it's like I'm not ass. crying. You're crying. <laughs> and um, and thinking so, you know, I had a you know a partner when I originally started the Sheehive who was very very different from me, right? And and very different from where I feel like the Sheehive has gone for the most part. And I was thinking like, you know, I needed her to help start the place, but you know, like how different she was you know, glitter and unicorns and, you know, Buddha heads, which we thought very much about. And <laughs> now we're talking motorcycles. Good morning, asshole. Coffee I, to show you how different we are is that you said glitter, but the yeah. way that you sort of stumbled, it sounded, it sounded like you said clitoris. I was like, well, that's a weird thing to constantly talk about at work, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, um, there are, um, there is a glitter cl- clitoris or two in the Sheehive <laughs> that we made at one point in time. Um, so, so is it called a glitterous? A glitterous. That's what it is. <laughs> from here, from here, henceforth, it is the glitterous. <laughs> That's awesome. So, oh, just as you're taking a drink, so I'm going to do that next. Um, Mother's Day. So, what's on your mind? Well, it is the thing every year. So, I do not have a good relationship with my mom. My, uh, I've done podcasting with Jackie Zimmerman. Her not crazy podcast about. Um, 
uh, my mom deals with uh, schizophrenia and other <clears throat> mental issues. And so it's not a great, pleasant, fun relationship. But what the absolute drag is about Mother's Day is the traditional ways that we celebrate is my love language. Brunch and, you know, th things like, very social things like that are actually my love language. So it's a very, like, painful time. And it also is because there's so many shoulds surrounded by Mother's Day. Well, you should try to reconnect with your mom over Mother's Day if it's been a terrible relationship. You should try to make things work out. You should, you should, you should. So I'm here to tell everyone that's listening today on Mother's Day, whether you're dealing with that or you've lost your mother or you've had, you know, infertility issues or a miscarriage or whatever, fuck should. <laughs> and fuck all the people saying that. Like, yeah. you know, I, I just encourage people to take extra, extra, extra care of themselves today. And there's no rules on what that care looks like. If care is sitting in the tub, drinking a glass of wine and crying, then God bless you. If care <laughs> is binge watching or eating or, you know, what, whatever, whatever your thing is, you know, going for, you know, a hike, social distancing safely with a mask on, knock yourself out. But yeah, um, I, I like that. Self care so. is whatever it needs to be. Always. And so like, I don't like, it's cause it becomes like this, this tiered step of shame of like, I, it, it's shameful that you don't, you aren't able to celebrate Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And then it's shameful that you're not, if your mother is here, you're not making attempts to, to you know, somehow magically make, you know, unicorns and, and it, it rainbows fart out your butt and make the relationship work. <laughs> and then when you finally go into the self-care thing, it is also then, well, you should do self-care in this way. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Mother's Day is really rough for a lot of people. Um, it's a, you know, I have a, pre a pretty decent relationship with, with my mom and um, have pretty much most of my life. Um, as she gets older, I think I've talked about before, she's never coming behind this paywall, behind, by the way, because we're going to talk about her, you know, but we usually do spend Mother's Day together. That was a little, it was, I, I actually usually do a twofer. I buy her because her birthday is April 14th. So April 14th, I usually buy her like a ticket to something that we do on Mother's Day. <laughs> Mm. together <laughs> but she's just happy like last year we went to the uh, Dearborn glass blowing place and made I love wow. that place yeah it was really uh, cool. what's that place called uh, so, oh crap I don't know we'll figure it I out I bet you too I can't think yeah, of it yeah. anyway it's a lovely place look it yeah. up everybody it's really yeah. cool yeah yeah but you know there's so much that is surrounded and it's funny I idolized my mother growing up right and as I get older and spend more time in therapy I realize how many flaws you know, she had that she's sure. human, right? <laughs> you know, right. So it is, it's a, you know, and I have this, you know, I love her to death, but I'm angry as shit sometimes right now too. Right. So well, it's healthy though. And that's it's great that you can admit that. And yeah. And that's a hard thing, regardless of what age it is that you run into finally understanding that your parents are humans. Yeah. That's a hard reconciliation where you're like, oh, I can't just be super mad about everything because they have their own baggage, <laughs> exactly. their own problems, and they, they sacrifice, you know, like, yeah, you, you start really getting some sort of appreciation and understanding for how difficult yeah. it must have been. Yeah. You know, and that, so the She Had Book Club last Saturday, we um, discussed the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Have you read that book? I'm I'm just beginning it. I'm about yeah. a chapter in. I it's started reading it like six months ago, and yeah. I, I just... It takes everybody a year to read it, I think, because it's some heavy shit, right? And I had to laugh because everybody in there was like, 
my therapist recommended this, my therapist did. I'm like, my therapist never recommended it and she didn't have to because she's actually been reading it to me page by page through every therapy session for 10 years now, I'm pretty sure. Like there was nothing really shocking in there because, you know, it was stuff, you know, that Jillian and I talk about all the time. And, um, but the, there was one part, so I didn't, I haven't finished it yet because it's heavy and I listened mm-hmm. to them and it's way too heavy to listen to. I got to get the, uh, get a paper copy. But um, I was talking about that they can actually, um, there's something different about the physical, the physical structure of, I, I don't know exactly, the chemical structure, I guess, uh, of a person, a child, if the parents went through trauma. Mm-hmm. And, or the mother, it specifically, you know, it always goes back bad mom, but, you know, like, but, um, and it makes yeah, me Yeah, Eve, bad mom, it's always the women. <laughs> it's always, always our fault, right? From, from the beginning of time. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think of, um, uh, there's so many different spiritual traditions that talk about healing the wounds of the ancestors. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in particular, because uh, I have a couple of friends that, um, um, practice different forms of shamanism or there's another friend of mine who is native american and a lot of the ceremony they do talks about healing the 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 wounds of the ancestors 11 generations back i think it is and it um it never really made sense to me until i started thinking about how human your parents really are right (laughs) you know and how much or your family of origin i should say right and how much is given to us by them and by learning more and doing better, we're starting to heal, you know, the wounds of the generation of, of the past and not passing it on, I think. So that was my aha moment. One of my aha, I had a lot of aha moments. This week. But it made me think about, um, so um, my big aha moment, and I'll share it um, in a bit. Um, but it's all about how like so much of what you know comes from your family of origin of how to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of, I was actually thinking of you and, um, and because your mother's a shitty person, <laughs> like most of the time. Right. And you yeah. are the opposite of shitty person and right. you are. And how did you learn that? Well, I, it's very fascinating because yeah, I don't know. It's very fascinating, but I, I but I remember even at a young age, thinking like just thinking about my whole family structure and thinking like this doesn't feel right <laughs> you know like yeah. it doesn't seem right and um but i think i owe the biggest credit to um at a young i mean definitely being a musician um uh, helps uh, broaden your worldview mm-hmm. you end up playing uh so you could be like a lot of thing a lot of crappy things as a musician you can be racist you can be sexist you can be all these things and um, that all gets discounted when you start playing in a band together. You don't care what gender they are, you don't care what race they are, the music is good or it's not. Yeah. So I think that that really broadens, I mean, that really does um, uh, bridge a lot of gaps and, and, uh, and, and you know, puts a lot of bridges between people. And then starting to work in the music business of um, you travel a lot, you meet people from around the world. So, so um, I think that was a big thing was like, once I got into my late teens and I really started experiencing life outside of my town, outside of my family dynamic, that's a big thing is a lot of times people are so shell-shocked from, from 
um, abuse and trauma that they have as a kid that they never want to move away from it. Like if mm -hmm. this is scary, imagine what the outside world is. My God, if this is the best it gets, your yeah. family unit, it's, you know, like you think about like every Hallmark thing, you know, movie and holidays and everything are like your family, your family, your family's the unit that protects you and everything. And you're thinking, and that's, you know, you think that like, this is the, the unit that protects you. The outside world must be barbaric. Like this yeah. is horrible. <laughs> That's but actually make, a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you make that leap and, and, and you go out and you realize like, oh no, actually, you know, the universe will rise up to meet you. People rise up to meet you. There are shitty people, but overall life is better. So it really was, I think, music for me sort of saved my life in that sense of like, um, it's twofold to that because you're making me explore this for, really for the first time. I've never really thought about it. Yeah. Sorry, but, put you, sorry to put you on the spot, but I, no, I'm no, curious. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but that is it. So that was like a big worldview where I got to see people um, live a very different life and have a very different family dynamics and, and things. And the other part is that um, I don't know what it was, but I, but I, I remember in my early twenties, I felt like, everything that ha could happen could take me down two roads and I could either reenact and act out the way that I was treated, or I could seek out the kindness that I thought I deserved and that I had wanted my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so I chose that road. I still have like, I really do honestly have like anger issues and things like that, that I still work through, but I try not to be angry at people. You know, I, it's like, I, I know it's just like a feeling's a feeling anger is, is an emo, you know, anger. Yeah. Is and emotion and stuff though yeah yeah it is it is sort of like being when you're when you're treated so poorly i think you want to treat people the way you want it to be treated and it's very healing it, it does in a way become a circle and become almost selfish in a way where it's really self-healing just like parents say like oh i had a terrible childhood but i fixed things and i had kids and that healed things about me yeah so i, I think it's a bit like that yeah. Uh, the, so the reason that's awesome. And I think of, you know, how fortunate you were that you were aware enough in your twenties, you know, to start seeking out something differently. And I just always wonder how it is that, cause it could, you're, it could have gone one or two ways, right? You could, you could have followed this. We see it all the time. Like you follow the same path or you go opposite. Right. And I, I just always wonder what, is, what the spark is in people that actually helps them go a different way and I know that I think it has pain to, yeah pain well, I think I think we, yeah you know. well we all have pain but we process it differently and so I'm thinking it really started me thinking about like the people that you surround yourself with and um, and you know you just said like you know you're around all these different people and you see something different and um, and the reason this has been on my mind and so I'm gonna get a little personal here if, with your permission about, and, but I've talked about it here before. So Sonia took me on a date once, right? <laughs> and asked that's me to right. be a friend. That's right. And asked hey, me to be. I, I, only, I only asked out the hottest chicks, all right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. And asked me to be her friend. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's not. Like it was a real. And so I have to tell you that uh, my entire therapy session this week was I don't think I'm a good friend. And because mm -hmm. I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I like of all the things going on in the world, all I want to do is learn how to be a good friend. And, mm -hmm. um, so that's what Jillian and I were talking about this week. And, um, and I'm, I'm like, my entire being is transactional with most of my relationships are transactional. Like mm -hmm. you need something for me, I'll give it to you. I call you when I need something. That's how I enter into relationships all the time. And, um, and it was really interesting 
because um, I'm like, I just feel shitty. Like, I just never think to, st- and I used to do this all the time when I was a teenager, but now, like, it never, like, it never crosses my mind that I can just call and say, hey, how are you doing? All right. Like, like, that's not in my DNA anymore. And, um, but it once was, right? It, it once was, right? And, you know, so, you know, well, there's some more therapy to be done to explore what happened in that time frame. But, um, but, um, and so Jillian's like, I'm like, you know, what do we talk about? She's like, you realize when you, you know, make that call, there's another person on there that's 50% responsible for the call, you know, the conversation mm-hmm. too. And I'm like, fuck, like, I am so, like, it, anyway, it would just really, it's the simplest thing. She's like, she's like, call Sonia and say, you know, thinking about you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because I am, I just don't think to actually verbalize it. And yeah. do it, right. And so then we got into this, like, so one, thank you for being my friend as I'm learning how to be a friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the, it was also, um, so we got into this talk about transactional relationships versus transformational relationships. And, um, and I'm like, almost everything in my, all the relationships in my life are transactional. You know, you do something for me and in return, I'll do something for you. And, and, you know, I, and I've placed myself there because it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? It's safe. I, it's safe. And I've created mm-hmm. it. And so the, so the funniest thing is I was doing my therapy from my car, <laughs> parked around the corner from my house. So I had total, same, like, same. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, I pull back up to the house and there's a package in the mail from my dad. And mm. he sent me a big thing of gloves. We haven't talked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we haven't like, he doesn't know how to enter into a relationship with me unless he's doing, that's how he re- relates to me. And I love it. It's how he relates to me um, is he does things for me. But he's also transactional. He's very transactional. And, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, is your mom transactional? Well, I don't know yet about that. There's some shit to be explored there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't think so. But now, like, as she gets older, I think she was, or at least I thought she was, the one person in my life that wasn't right and um as she gets older she needs more from me and it irks the hell out of me mm. because she's like can you do this can you you know so calm the computer you know it's always about the computer the fucking yeah computer. it's always electronics with, with yeah. people that are aging yeah yeah and i'm like i don't fucking want to do anything for you like i just want to be your daughter you know like right. you know but but you had talked about love languages earlier and it makes me think like acts of service is my love language because that is what I've been taught that that's how you you do something for people Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so so I don't have a question or an answer or anything it just it was really well there's one more part of it it was a really a big aha right and um I'm like I'm gonna call everybody I know this week and ask them how they are you know and um, that's a lot of people though I mean (laughs) you you are really getting the the good and worked on refined version of me because through my 20s and 30s I was a really shitty friend and I was just a shitty person to be around like I I was still like working through all of this stuff and and while underneath it all was there was kindness and and um good intentions it Mm -hmm. just came out like a mess and so I spent the last maybe four or five years really learning how to intentionally become friends with people and really spending a lot of time, um, actually, you know, as crazy as it sounds, like researching it and yeah. figuring out, like, oh, well, you know, how do you be better friends? And so part of that has been like, 
um, me reaching out to you the way that I did, I don't do that with almost anybody, but I also realize that if, in order to really value people mm -hmm. uh, and, and understand you're going to value, you know, let them know you're going to value them in a friendship, you have to approach them in a friendship in a way that makes sense to them. Yeah. And so it was a transaction. You know, we yeah. went, we, we had a drink, we had pizza and we talked about that. And yeah. so that, that was something I felt that you needed where other friends that I have more like easily fall into being friends, you know, or yeah. whatever. But, um, but that I'm all to say that to say like, um, you're not, there's nothing really, uh, you're not odd. No, you know, you're not, you're not broken. You're not odd. Like this is a really yeah. hard process and it gets harder as we age and we have our own families and we get set in our ways and in our jobs and we're just sick of everybody's shit. You know, yeah. like you don't, you don't want to put up with stuff. Yeah. Well, it, you know, when you think of, cause uh, you know, the theme that's going through my head right now is family of origin, right? Like I learned, like, how would I know any different, you know, mm -hmm. it, until I surrounded myself with somebody different mm -hmm. and you know, because it was, it just was so, it hit me so plain when I came home and I saw that box of gloves sitting there. I'm like, well, no wonder I expect that mm. this is how you, you know, you enter into relationships is by doing shit because that's how my family relates to each other. And, um, and it, you know, it clears up a lot of my, my early marriage too. So, you know, like if you didn't do the dishes, we were getting a divorce, you know, mm. because mm. that's what you do. You do the dishes, right? And, um, and so, you know, I just think like this idea that we should know how to do any of this, right? Mm -hmm. When, how, until we know differently, right? You know, now, of course, as adults, it's on us, right? To self-actualize and learn differently and surround ourselves with people that can help us learn differently. So, um, but that it, though, bringing it full circle, that is the beauty of quarantine. And yes, like yeah. in place is like, yeah. you really have to start getting in touch with that stuff. You really yeah. have, it, it, you know, you really have to, it's such a different, there's no distractions yeah. like there were before. So you yeah. can't just go out, you know, get a coffee, have a drink, be distracted by friends and people. You really are, are faced with yourself a lot during, during this time. Yeah. You know what it is? I've got this ring light. <laughs> I'm going to turn my computer a little bit. That's, I swear I'm not crying. Although, you know, I cry all the time and I'm not ashamed of it, but <laughs> this ring light is like right in my face. And it's, That's how it's cool, you big baby. I know. <laughs> You big old baby. I'll join yeah. for you. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, it, you know, it, it just, it was the other thing that happened this week to drive, because you know, everything in my world was always connected. It's one of my strengths, right? So uh, one of the other things that happened this week, and I, we talked a little bit about it was I got a pay cut, right? So, you know, I do work outside the Sheehive um, to pay the bills and um, got a pay cut. Everybody across the board got a 10% pay cut. And you know, we're being told we should be happy we still have jobs. And I'll, yeah, right. And um, I should, I, I decided I, I'm not happy. <laughs> and so I actually let not my, one bit, <laughs> not one bit about this pay cut, because I'm not expected to do 10% less, right. And, um, but what I was most unhappy about is that it felt like a judgment. Like you're not worthy. Oh, got it. And uh, you know, and so I took a whole day to be really sad about it and process. Like you know, <laughs> a day's long time in my book <laughs> to be sad. So like a whole eight hours. I <laughs> no, I think it was like twenty four, which for me is a record. Let's be honest. You know, I'm usually over things in ten minutes. 
And like, I, I was like, I was so sad all day long, just thinking about what this really meant, you know, why I was so sad that my husband actually went and cleaned the kitchen because he knew I needed some love. <laughs> He's like, I got you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and it dawned on me later that, um, I went to yoga the next day and went to means I would just sat over there on the other side of the room and did yoga, you know, and, um, on a long commute, long commute. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and I was just really, you know, slowed down enough that I could really process what was going on. And I'm like, I've always promised myself that this client, we can say it here because, you know, it's closed group. So I work, I, you know, I, I consult for Ford and, I'd always said that if Ford gets any more of my time than they pay me for, something's wrong, right? And they were getting a whole 24 hours from me at that point in time. And, um, you know, it's, I'm still unpacking the PTSD that came from working for my last employer that I was with 16 years. And it was a really emotionally fucked up place, along just a fucked up place in many different ways. Um, And it was one of those places where they're like, we're family, right? And so they would tell you we're family because you can abuse family. You know? I was gonna say we didn't yeah. say the, they didn't let you know they were the Manson family. Just exactly. your family, right? Right. And so I was always looking for validation from the people that I worked for, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was really looking for this transformational experience where my work was so important and these relationships meant so much. And and I was on the yoga band. I'm like, oh fuck, this is just a transaction. They pay me and I do a job and now they're going to pay me 10% less and they're going to get 10% less. And it has nothing to do with the quality of my work or I should say quality of who I am, right? Mm-hmm. It's what they can afford. And it, that's where the transaction is appropriate, right? And I have to stop trying to, to um, recreate or try. I was putting my energies in the wrong place is what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so that was uh, my aha week. Yeah, you a lot of them, big ones. I know. I'm really fucking tired of thinking about myself. <laughs> so, um, so I took up a lot of time there. Um, any last things on your mind right now? No, I think you said a mouthful there. I mean, that's that's a lot of good stuff. Cool. Well, it was nice spending time with you, friend. <laughs> you as well. Yeah. Um, so we will be back in two weeks, where I'm sure there will be a shitload of shoulds. Your turn to, um, you know, do a deep dive with a therapist. <laughs> so, we have the same the, one. I, so. I know. Which, by the way, we share. <laughs> so, so um, million therapists of the stars. stars. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Well, thanks so much. It was good spending some time with you. All right, guys. Okay, guys. We'll see you all see soon. You. Bye. Bye.